Amen. This morning, we're going to be looking at the fourfold gospel. And so I'm going to ask that you take out your Bibles. We're going to be looking at a number of different scripture passages. Over the past number of Sundays, we have been unpackaging the fourfold gospel. The Alliance logo is really a symbolic representation of the fourfold gospel. And the fourfold gospel has been referred to many times as the DNA of the alliance. So we find in the fourfold gospel, first, the crown that's symbolizing Jesus, our coming king. There is then the laver, Jesus, our healer, or the pitcher, I'm sorry, and then the laver is going to come right away. There's the cross, Christ our Savior. There's the laver. And that is Christ our sanctifier or Jesus our sanctifier. Now we started on this series back in 2023 is when we started on this series. It was the last Sunday of the year. And we started with looking at Christ or Jesus our coming King. Again, encouraging us as Westgate to place Jesus first and to look forward to his coming. The first Sunday of 2024 was Jesus, our healer. A great way to start a new year. And then last Sunday, uh, Chris Smith was with us, assistant to the district superintendent, and he presented to us Jesus, our Savior. This Sunday, we're going to be unpackaging Jesus, our sanctifier. We're going to unpackage it with the intent to understand and embrace what is meant by Jesus, our sanctifier. Jesus said in a prayer to God, a prayer that is recorded for us in the Gospel of John, he said, for them I sanctify myself that they too may be truly sanctified. This prayer is referred to as the high priestly prayer. It's a major recorded prayer of Jesus is in the gospel. What did Jesus mean by I sanctify myself that they too may be truly sanctified? What did Jesus mean by that? When we look at the life of Jesus, we see that Jesus gave his life fully to God the Father to fulfill God's plan for salvation of humanity so that we could have life. What does sanctify mean? What it does it mean to sanctify ourselves? Looking at Jesus' example, where he gave himself fully to God's plan. We come up with a simple definition of sanctification. To set apart for special use or purpose. The concept is not to distance oneself from something, but to move towards something. To become exclusive. 
it's not so much as moving away, but moving towards. And too often we have this mindset that sanctification is moving away from something. And then, of course, there's this mix-up, a bit of a confusion that occurs between holy and sanctification. And that's because the two are there. They're interchangeable, we could say. Holiness and sanctification are the same movement. But when we think of holiness, we're thinking of moving away from something, just like to be sanctified. But let's not look at it that way. Because in the scriptures, really, it's looking the other direction. It's saying, I'm moving towards God. So when I'm in the process of being sanctified, I am also in the process of holiness. Jesus is our salvation, but Jesus is also our sanctifier. And these are two different pieces in being a Christ follower. The Christian life is a journey. We start out with salvation and we end up being made holy, fully sanctified when we are in the presence of Jesus. That could be when he returns or when we go to see him. But at that point, we are holy. We are fully sanctified. So the process starts, we could say, when we're born again. And it ends, we could say, with Christ's return or in the presence of Christ. It's the in-between that we're talking about this morning. That's what sanctification is. The Alliance puts it this way. This is a statement or a statement of faith. Many times, you know, we don't look at the statement of faith until we have to or something like that. But there it is. And it explains the concept of sanctification. It is the will of God that in union with Christ, every believer should be sanctified thoroughly. You see, salvation is more than fire insurance. It's not just buying the ticket at the train station. It's not just saying a prayer. Salvation is more than that. And too often... That's, we leave it with buying the ticket, with saying the prayer, standing on the platform of the train station. It's a journey. It's a journey towards Jesus. It is the will of God that in union with Christ, each believer should be sanctified thoroughly, thereby being separated from sin and the world and fully dedicated to God. Receiving power for holy living and sacrificial and effective service towards the completion of Christ's commission. Christ's commission to make disciples who make disciples until all have heard the gospel and then he will return. Not before that. Continues. This is accomplished. Sanctification is accomplished through being filled with the Holy Spirit, which is both a distinct event and a progressive 
experience in life of the believer. Sanctification is not salvation. Sanctification is not justification, regeneration. It's not salvation. When we accept Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior, we receive the righteousness of Jesus. Our sins are forgiven. Therefore, we are justified. We are regenerated. This is what happens to us at salvation. And to regenerate is to restore to or renew to give new life. So 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old is gone, the new is here. And then I have 1 Peter 2, 3 on the PowerPoint behind us. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. So we are regenerated, we are new. And Jesus describes this process to a man named Nicodemus. Many of you have heard the story of Nicodemus in John chapter 3. He's a Pharisee who comes to Jesus. It's late at night. And he wants to know how he can be in heaven. He wants to know about eternal life. And Jesus says, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. When you are born again, you are regenerated. But you can't stay a baby. Okay? You can't stay a baby. And yet, too often, that is where we find ourselves as Christians. We find ourselves yet as a baby or a young child or maybe into the teens. But we have not reached maturity. And sanctification is our growth or our movement towards Jesus, becoming more like him. That's what it is. And that's what we're supposed to be involved in. It involves the concept of the presence of Jesus. You can't become more like Jesus unless the presence of Jesus is there. And the presence of Jesus is through his Holy Spirit. So let me package it again a little bit different. Regeneration is like building a house, having the work done well, built anew, built the right way, built proper. Sanctification is having the owner come and dwell and fill the house with gladness and life and beauty. That's what sanctification is. We need to understand sanctification. We need to embrace sanctification, we could say. But how do we do that? And so sometimes it's easier to tell you what something is not than to tell you what it is. And I think for, for many of us, that's probably the best way to tackle this concept of sanctification. So sanctification, we've already heard, sanctification is not salvation or regeneration. It's not a repeat of that. 
You have to be saved before you can be sanctified. Okay? You can't be sanctified and then saved. That doesn't work. But it's not salvation. It's not regeneration. And sanctification is not doing the right things. Of course, it encompasses doing the right things. But it's not the doing or directly connected to the action. For example, before you accepted Christ, you did right things. Let me ask you, did doing those right things move you any closer to Jesus? Did you get your salvation through doing the right things? Did the right things set you apart unto Christ? And the answer is no. So doing right things, well, that's an act of the will. But it doesn't save you. It doesn't sanctify you in that way. So sanctification is not morality or right behavior. It will manifest itself that way. Don't get me wrong here in the process. Don't, don't get lost on this somewhere else. Stay with me. So we are not sanctified by the things we do. Just as salvation is not achieved by right behavior, the right things we do. So sanctification is not, not achieved, we could say, through the right things. We know and believe that we are to do right things. The right things we do are the works, but they can't save us. So right behavior, now right works. The right works can change our behavior, but it will not change our heart or our standing before God. And yes, I might be splitting the hairs, but it's important to understand this. So the action and we could say the works is not sanctification. So sanctification is not something that we do. We are involved in the sanctification process. We do right things because God is true and righteous. And we can see that as we move towards God, what do we do? We take on the character of God. Sanctification is the movement towards God. So it's not self-perfection. It is not my righteousness that allows me to enter the throne room of God. It's the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus shed his blood. He covers my sins and I am righteous. This takes place when I accept Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior. Therefore, I'm not trying to become perfect. But I'm moving closer to Jesus. And therefore, I'm beginning to look more like Jesus. I'll tell you honestly, while I was working on this message, this crazy picture came into my mind. And it's of dogs and dog owners, and I thought maybe we need to chuckle here for a moment. You know, isn't it amazing how dogs begin, or owners begin to look like their dogs? <laughs> you know, because they spend time together. It does create a little bit of a chuckle. But you know what? 
as we move closer to Jesus, we too should look more like Jesus. It only makes sense. It only makes sense. You know, as we move closer to Jesus, we become more aware of our sins and the hold they have on us. And we realize we need more of Jesus. That's what happens. So we embrace the concept that we find in Philippians 1.6, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Oh, Lord, I need more of you because I realize the closer I get to you, well, sin is there. And it looms bigger in front of me. And I become more, I I just realize it, it, it just becomes more evident. So I need more of you. And you have promised, you have promised that the closer I get to you, the more I will be transformed into your image. So here we are. Sanctification is not self-perfection. That's not what it is. We can't do it ourselves. But we realize that the more, the closer we move to Jesus, the more we'll become like him. Sanctification is not a feeling. Sometimes we think it's emotions. Emotions can be connected to sanctification. Emotions can be connected to our salvation. God has created us as emotional people. But sanctification isn't a feeling, just as salvation isn't a feeling. You know, there are days I wake up, and you know what? I don't feel like I'm a child of God. I think we've all had that. We don't feel like we're a child of God. Or we're walking through the day, And we mess up. And we don't feel like a child of God. You know, it's during those times that we need to, more than any other time, embrace the fact of God's word. We need to embrace the fact. God says in Romans 10, 9 to 11, if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's not a feeling, it's a fact. If I do this, I am saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. It was with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. As the scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. So sanctification is not an emotion. A.B. Simpson says sanctification is the thoughts of Christ, the desires of Christ, the will of Christ, the faith of Christ, the purity of Christ, the love of Christ, the unselfishness of Christ, the single aim of Christ, the humility of Christ, the submission of Christ, the meekness of Christ, the zeal of Christ, and works of Christ manifested in our mortal flesh so that we shall say, I live yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. That is sanctification. 
Another way of putting it, as we find in the scriptures, and the scriptures reinforce this. Galatians 5, 16 to 18. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Sanctification is being led by the Spirit. The Spirit of Christ in us. The hope of glory. Romans 8, 5 and 6. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. And the Spirit desires Jesus. The mind governed by the flesh is dead, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. So now, here we are. What is sanctification? Sanctification, we might say, is becoming exclusive to Jesus. And that is what we're supposed to be doing. And as we become exclusive to Jesus, we don't lose sight of this world because Jesus' heart is for the lost people in this world. So sanctification really is part of the discipleship process, we could say. It's the growth medium that every Christian follower should be involved in. Being a disciple who becomes a, who makes disciples. And when we look at that, a disciple is a life journey. That's how it's referred to in our scriptures. And discipleship must involve the work of the Holy Spirit. You can't sanctify yourself any more than you can save yourself. So it's not works, it's not you making perfect, it's not all those things. Because you can't do those things. A.B. Simpson says again, there is a measure of the Holy Spirit's life in every regenerated soul. When you accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, you receive the Holy Spirit. Okay? So there's a measure of the Holy Spirit in every regenerated soul. But it's when every part of our being is filled with his love and possessed for his glory that we are wholly sanctified. Jesus Christ died on the cross of Calvary for our sins. Our salvation is purchased on the cross of Calvary. He paid the price. We're regenerated. We're justified. We are made righteous. He ascends into heaven. And he gives us the Holy Spirit. 
I will not leave you. He gives us the Holy Spirit to live in us so that we become holy or sanctified to God. It's way more than buying the train ticket. Jesus said to his disciples and to us in John chapter 16, verses 13 to 15, Jesus said, but when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me, because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father's mind. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. Christ living in us the hope of glory. Jesus is at the right hand of God the Father. The Holy Spirit indwells us. The Spirit of Christ is in us. And it's the Holy Spirit who brings about sanctification in our lives. God's desire is that every believer becomes holy, sanctified. The Holy Spirit creates a yearning with inside of us. That's why we're told not to quench the Holy Spirit. Many times we say, no, no, no. Instead of listening to the Holy Spirit and walking with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit creates a yearning for us to live a life that pleases God. And we can only do this when we stop relying on our power, on our strength, on our talents, on our wisdom, and our abilities, and realize that we can't do it. We can't save ourselves, and we can't sanctify ourselves. So we hit a crisis point. So you make a decision. Because you hit that crisis point. And you can live a life where the Holy Spirit doesn't rule and reign in you. You can become a nominal follower of Christ. You're saved. Or you can become sanctified. You can move towards holiness. You can submit yourself to the Holy Spirit. You make that choice. Live a life that falls short of God's plan and purpose for you. Or become exclusive for the one who created you. One author put it this way. Believers must rest in the wisdom, grace, and strength of God's Spirit. We cannot be the holy, devout people we ought to be in our own strength. We cannot in ourselves become the pull and the power of sin. Sanctified living results 
from confessing our inability, reckoning ourselves as dead indeed unto sin, and by resting in the ability of the Holy Spirit to make Christ's resurrection life and power effectual in our character and conduct. That's it. And so let's put a scripture text to that. Romans 8, 5 to 6. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. The Holy Spirit has to rule and reign. Dead to self, alive to Christ Jesus. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your minds leads to death, but letting the Spirit control your minds leads to peace. See, now here we are this morning. And we're trying to process this. I think we understand now what sanctification is. And we've been called to be wholly sanctified. Which will happen when we are in the presence of Jesus. But till that day, we should be moving closer and closer and closer to Jesus. And yes, at times, we will fall back. But then we move forward again. I remember years ago, you know, uh, two steps backwards, three steps forwards, Chuck Swindle, and there was a book that came out on that. Yeah, yeah, we fall back, but let's keep pressing forward. Closer and closer to Jesus. How do we do that? Well, the following steps I've taken from the Alliance Sanctification study guide. Number one, recognize that Christ alone is my sanctification. Okay? 1 Corinthians 1.30 It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus who has become for us wisdom from God that is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Christ alone is my sanctification. Not anything I do, it's Jesus. Number two, repent. Repent of your self-effort and your self-centeredness. Get rid of pride and everything else. Stop thinking you're doing a great job. You are doing a great job. But don't be proud. You're doing a great job because it's Christ in you. Put the praise on the right person. Not you, but on Jesus. He loves you so much. God himself paid the penalty for your sin. His love, he loves you. Put, 
put the credit in the right place. So repent of your self-effort and self-centeredness. Galatians 5.17 For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit was contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. Reckon the victory of Christ to be your very own. Romans 6.11 In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. The victory of Christ. Reckon the victory of Christ as your victory. He did it for you. It's yours. Embrace it. Embrace it. It's free. It's free. Embrace it. Receive by faith the fullness of God the Holy Spirit. Luke eleven thirteen. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask of him? Ask. He's already given you the Holy Spirit. Ask him for the fullness of the Spirit. But of course it means that you're going to have to yield. You see, if the room is full of junk, nothing else fits into the room. So you got to get rid of stuff that's in the room. Get rid of everything that doesn't bring honor and glory to God. Get rid of everything that isn't His. And allow the Holy Spirit to fill. To fill it completely. Ask. Ask. And then number five. Here we are. Remain in Christ by walking in the Spirit. Remain in Christ by walking in the Spirit. Galatians 5.16 and verse 25. So I say walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. You probably forgot what the first point was, didn't you? Yeah, I understand. So I'm going to ask us at this moment, I'm going to ask us to just Kind of search our hearts, our minds. And to help us, there we are, the five points. Because, yeah, I forget to. So I want you right where you are. Don't bow your heads. Just keep your heads up. Keep your eyes open. Look at the PowerPoint screen. Okay? And just slowly spend a moment of self-examination. Just go through. And when you're done, pray a prayer of commitment. Lord Jesus, I ask for your Holy Spirit to fill every part of my life May I be wholly sanctified in this life. 
guide and direct me towards that. I yield myself to you. Pray this in Jesus' name.